2: Hey, Nathan, today we've got a fun topic. That's right. It's the top 10 tech that makes new cars worse.
3: Yeah, you know, we've spent a lot of time, like, in the picture here, if you're not watching this, listening to it, it's me and Nathan standing in front of the brand new Mercedes-Benz EQS AMG. And I have found that um, some of the things in not just this car, but other cars with the latest tech is not making the car better.
2: No, it's, it's it's like they made it overcomplicated, made things more difficult by trying to make things easier, Yeah, and it just doesn't work sometimes.
3: So we're going to have a conversation. We're going to talk about the top 10 things which we think uh, are making our lives worse and not better. But before we do that, Nathan, um, two things I want to get to. Mm. Um, so I had a horrible thing happen to me the other day. Oh, I'm married, too. No, no, it wasn't that. Oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't that. Well, that's, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you know, so we live here in Colorado, yeah. and uh, at this time of year, we have uh, peepers. You know what peepers are?
2: <laughs> I, 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 please tell me, because I don't want to say what I think it is. on. Uh, Wait,
3: no, No, it's not what you're thinking. Nothing to do with, you know what you're thinking it's yeah. leaf peepers right people who go up to the mountains
2: oh oh the looky-loos yeah i call them looky-loos yeah leaf leaf peepers
3: anyway there okay. we have beautiful aspen trees and they turn this incredible golden yellow yeah. at this time of year and then with that kind of fall sunlight it's just magnificent it really is yeah. and, and the mountains swarm with people you know peeping at aspen trees
2: well you can't blame them no, that happens it's on beautiful. the east coast too apparently
3: yeah it happens everywhere but yeah. but here especially uh, the issue becomes then on the weekends and I was up in the mountains over the weekend, when you're coming down, it's like ski season, there's all these peepers. People people or peoples. Peepers or people. People peepers.
2: <laughs> Peeper peoples? <laughs> yeah, you, I, you're on the right track. I, I anyway, I call him "Looky lose. It's better, yeah, but
3: that's that's a real estate term. Yeah, I don't want to apply
2: a real estate term. You, you're just angry about real estate. Keep going though. I, I, I these leaf peepers coming yeah. down, and so traffic is really bad. So I'm
3: I'm driving down from the mountains, and you know uh, how um, busy I-70 gets just past the tunnel, right? Yeah. So the Eisenhower Tunnel. So I'm not taking the tunnel because I know that's going to be a nightmare. Uh-huh. So I'm coming down from Loveland Pass, which is by the Loveland Ski Area. Which is a gorgeous drive. By which the way. is a gorgeous drive. So I'm coming down. I've got you know our Bernese Mountain Dog, Blazey in the back of the Hummer mm-hmm. uh, that we just bought. And he's just chilling back there. He's just sitting back there chilling, you know, enjoying the view. I'm enjoying the view. And I look down, and I see this horrible line of traffic heading back home. Mm. Uh, but something interesting happens, uh, and that is when you uh, merge onto I-70 – from that Loveland merge, right? The one coming down, it's like a mile long merge. It's, yeah. it's the weirdest thing. It's
2: like, it's a really, really long, long merge.
3: Yeah. yeah, and so i am this is the horrible thing that happened to me. I'm just driving along and I'm in the merge and I'm like, hey, this is a mile long merge. So, I, you know, it's a lot of traffic. So I'm going to wait till the end to merge, which is perfectly legal, nothing illegal about that. Right. And a truck out of nowhere pulls out and blocks me and I slam on the brakes. And poor Blazey goes flying into oh, the seat. I mean, no. I was terrified for him, Nathan. Like, just this, this big rig semi-truck just pulls right in front of me into the merge lane mm-hmm. from the lane that I'll be merging into and blocks me on purpose. I slam on the b- brakes, and poor blazey just slams into the front seat. Oh, that poor pooch. Yeah, yeah. I was terrified. Uh, so uh, I pull over because there's a little, like, pull over there. I get him out. I check him out. Luckily, he's a... Sturdy dog, right? Yeah, he's a big dog. Tough he's talk. a big dog. Yeah, 95 pound. He's all muscle. Mm. He's fine. He's like, yeah, that was no fun, but I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shakes it off. And I'm like, shh. And I'm like, what kind of a dickhead sure. would yeah. do that? You know? It wasn't, I wasn't, let me be clear. I wasn't in the breakdown lane. I was in the merge lane when the guy in the semi truck, out of nowhere, just, just rammed right in front of me
2: into the merge well, lane. Well, I have an answer for you. Yes. What were you driving again? The Hummer. You That's think, your answer. You think that was... I know it is. Interesting. Whenever I drive yeah. an expensive, really awesome, aus- you know, not not just Austin Pages, but vehicles that are really bright and colorful and look like they belong to a rich person or whatever, I sometimes get people who will cut me off or brake check me and pull little games from time to time. It doesn't happen all the time. But... I can almost guarantee you that Hummer can be seen from space, and <laughs> as that trucker's going on, he's probably thinking to himself that you know life is bad, I hate everything, and look at this jerk in this you know hundred thousand dollar Hummer. Screw him! Look what I'm going to do! Ha ha! I'm I'm not kidding. I think that that car actually is the reason why he did it. That. Could be,
3: yeah, I, I agree. I think you're right. It could yeah. be. It could be like you know people think that just because you're driving a hundred and ten thousand dollar car, but I, look, I, I was okay with it until. You know, blazy slammed. You know, because, look, if I get it. You're pissed at me that I'm merging, and maybe I should have merged earlier, so you're trying to block me from merging. I get that, but but you could have really hurt, if not worse, the, the dog in the backseat. And uh, I, I, maybe I should have had him restrained. I don't know. I've, I've looked at some of those dog restraints. They don't seem to do. No, I, I, use, yeah.
2: I use those from time to time, and I have one dog that totally is... Works with it, and the yeah. other dog will freak out when I put her in it. So it's it's not necessarily, especially with a dog your size. That is a huge dog. That's a human, yeah. essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, it's like a
3: projectile. It's a yeah. ninety-five pound projectile that and moving. And, and let's say let's 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 take the dog out of it because I felt horrible for him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's say that you had something on your back seat. Yeah, you know. A lamp, I don't know. You know, that thing could have came flying through uh, the back seat and into your head, right? I mean, it's just it's just a douchey move to it, do that. It is,
2: and unfortunately... And out of the know.
3: I wasn't like, hey, it was like signaling. It was just like, I'm driving along, next to you know, full brake.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I think it's exactly why, specifically because of what you were driving, which is a shame people do that. You know, someone did that to me a long time ago when I was driving my daughter's car and I had my son in the back seat, and they, not, they, they, were, uh, they rolled coal on me. Yeah. And... I get it, you know, I'll hire a Nissan Leaf, I'm going to nail him with a ton of coal and you know, whatever, that's, you know, funny, funny, until I, w- it, I was so obscure, it, the image was so obscured, I couldn't see where I was going, I had to s- hit my brakes, because I couldn't see a car in front of me or anything else, and the guy behind me nearly nailed me. Uh, fortunately, I think he was sympathetic to the fact that there was this massive black cloud in front of me. And you know, people do that and they don't think about the consequences of what's going on inside the car. Like when people are going slow in traffic, as long as they're not in the left lane, people get don't understand that sometimes maybe there's kids in the car, maybe something happened in the hey, car.
3: I think any of you guys who like to roll coal on bicyclists or on guys in convertibles or on... Pedestrians or electric cars, electric cars. Just you've, you in our, in my opinion, just you've lost your truck guy card or gal card, right? Mm. Just, just take it away. You're not cool. You're not funny. You're just douchebags, right? That, that's just such a douchey thing to do, along with brake checking people it's just it's just dangerous it's stupid and it doesn't prove anything it doesn't make you more manly or womanly whatever the you know yeah. whatever you think it's doing it's not it's just it's just you know you know and, and Nathan you know as a journalist right right my first instinct is always to whip out the camera I mean if I had if you know if I had been so concerned about Blasey, right because that was my first instinct was to make sure the dog is okay right but if it had just been me in that car I would have whipped on my camera and, and you can bet guys that that Trucks license plate it would have been on social media and would have been, you know, uh, on every one of our channels. I was that pissed off about it.
2: Did you – uh, well, you so, pulled over. It's a shame because most likely those trucks are owned by uh, I, you know, Yeah, the how am I
3: driving? I, I, that would have been, like, all over our social media, like, two seconds later. I, I, I o- tend
2: to call the people, by the way, if, often yeah. when trucks are being driven in, you know, wrong or yes. inappropriately. Uh, I'll call them directly and say, listen, you guys all over the road, this is an insurance – Act, you know, issue that you're going to have to deal with because it's going to cause an accident and I'm going to report this. No, man, usually... Imagine if the poor Blaze had broken his
3: leg or something. No, I, what I, what I... have I done if, you know, I'm in the middle of traffic, dogs right. have a broken leg. What am I going to do? How am I going to take care of them?
2: Right. I, no, I agree with you 100%. And, and people just don't get it. And in traffic, you know, tempers flare. I, I've learned in my old age, because I used to lose my temper all the time yeah, in traffic. Yeah,
3: I mean, it happens. Road yeah. rage happens. I um, get it.
2: But I learned if everything goes to crap and you really want to run this guy off the road, flip the switch in your head, pull off, breathe for a few seconds. Mm. Get off the freeway, get away. If you're late for work, you're going to be late for work anyway. You might as well just, you know, take an extra 10 minutes, cool down or else you're going to cause something you're really going to regret. And and we're where are the cops at that moment, you know. I know. I know.
3: You're driving along at 67 and a 65, and next thing you know, woo, woo, woo. yeah. Like, you know, somebody does some shit uh, stuff like this, right? Sorry, and no. and and you know, next thing you know, you have every there's reason. No, there's to no be upset. cop around. Yeah, yeah.
2: You have every reason to be upset, but the bottom line is, this is an unfortunate part of society, and I really do think the reason it happened is because you're driving a really blingy car.
3: Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah. or or he was just having a, or she was having a bad day and wanted to. You know, not have this person pass them in a blingy car, like you said. Yeah,
2: I I, I do think the car was part of the reason. So keep that in mind if you guys are... This is important advice for you. If you want to buy a really expensive vehicle like this Mercedes or that Hummer, don't. uh, Because you might get cut off in traffic or treated poorly. Buy yourself something like a Toyota Yaris. (laughs) And you'll be happy. There you, you go. You know
3: what's invisible? A minivan, Nathan. I was, I Minivans tra- <laughs> are pretty invisible. I was driving the minivan, the Pacifica, right. Yeah. And uh, like you, you, you could pull up next to a person, and you could stare at him, and you could like do, a <laughs> you could make faces, and they will know they won't even like like even nudge their head over to look at you. You are completely invisible. In the Hummer, you pull up next to them and there's like 15 kids pointing at you. Well,
2: yeah, just like driving a Lamborghini <laughs> or something like that. It's the same exact thing, and it's it's. I think it's really funny, but at the same time. Wasn't it in Great Britain where uh, it was the, well, like the Ford, um, one of their uh, the pit, their van was the the number one vehicle for bank robberies? <laughs> yeah, the, the, was it a transit? It, it was like the transit, transit or Ford, whatever they the used Ford to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons why is because it's just nobody cares. It, it, you're not looking at a proper getaway car. You're looking at a van. And it's like, who cares? It's just a van. And, yeah, these you can do anything in those hey, things. Hey, by the way, a couple things. First of all, uh, there
3: are three things now you brought. I'll, I'll do them in order, okay? okay? All right. Number number one, we were talking about rolling coal. Yeah. Have you noticed that, like, 20-year-old Ford F250s that are diesel always stink? <laughs> I'm not saying they're rolling coal. I'm just saying I was driving along, I look up, and I'm like, God, there's some... Really stinky diesel, right? And then I look up, and sure enough, like three cars ahead of me is a Ford, like 10-year-old or 20-year-old F-250. There, there
2: are issues with injectors and whatnot that, that like, creep up But after it's always fours it's, it's like the Super Duties do it. I, I've actually had that same issue with some uh, Rams and yeah? some old Cummins. The Cummins, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I find it's always but, like but a Super I, Duty. Yeah, and also, you know, some people who buy them just don't know how to maintain them. And, you know, second, third-hand trucks sometimes just aren't maintained properly. And you have to maintain a, a diesel properly or else it will stink and eventually croak on you.
3: Alright, so what were we just talking about before? I've already the minivans. Uh, oh yeah, being, being innocu- innocuous. Being completely uh, uh, invisible in uh, in a minivan. What other cars do you think you'd be completely invisible in? I was going to ask you. Um, let's, let's pick the cars where nobody will ever look at you. Oh, so oh, here's what I was thinking about. Uh, so I want to, you know, we were talking about like building uh, an
2: overlanding van,
3: right? Yeah. That that's all you've always wanted to do, like an overlanding yeah, van I, series. Yeah, I, I want to
2: do a special series on that. What's, what do
3: we have a name for it? Did you come up with it for a yeah
2: yeah two grand for a van or three grand for, for a van. van? Yeah, yeah. Where we buy like three vans. Yeah, for and, for a couple thousand dollars, crappy I, minivans.
3: And I thought to myself, like, like you know, me and you have spent um, time sleeping in Walmart parking lots uh, when yeah. we were doing that okay. Motor Mountain USA, mm-hmm. and th- that is the scariest place. It's I've, sketchy. I, yeah. It's it's sketchy because there's like. There's no good people hanging out at a Walmart at 3 in the morning. No, I, I, I believe you are
2: all good people, people. unlike Roman. <laughs> so if you're going to use the knife, use it on him. <laughs> There's a lot of sketchy people at 3 there, in the morning. There are the quite a few. I so,
3: so if you're in a camper, it's like this giant, like, uh, flashing neon sign that says, Rob me, meth head, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you feel like.
2: Uh, I'm, so I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm
3: sleeping here. I'm not paying attention. Come on in and take you know the money that I have because everything in the world that I own is in this van.
2: It happens, but there are benefits. Go on.
3: So, so I came up with a way to 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 actually cleverly disguise the fact that you're overlanding and you're camping in a Walmart overnight. Okay. So you get a van, like a yeah. white van, and here's the thing, right? You get like a big like caricature of a plumber, right, rooting a toilet. <laughs> okay. Right, and call it like, you know, overflowing toilet. Uh, Joe's toilet care has got you covered. Okay, I got you. Right? So, in other words, make
2: it look like a plumber's van.
3: Exactly, okay. more than a plumber's van. Ah. A, a toilet plumber's van. Because <laughs> uh, okay. no one's going to. You know, you know.
2: Because of the the stench of the. Year. Well, then uh, if you're going to go then, that far, you might as well tow a porta potty too. No,
3: and... no, and then take like one of those like rooters. You know what? You know those things. Yeah, that you the use snakes. To, yeah, yeah. Take one and put it next to all your stuff on top of the van, so that you really sell it, right?
2: Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And no one's going to come near that. Uh, that's a really good one. A police van would be another good one, uh, making it look like it's, you know, one of those. Um, <laughs> SWAT Yeah, exactly. You know, if you really want to go that far, I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to break into that. Um, I've, actually, I've been at quite a few Walmart parking lots, and there was one thing that I did note that is very positive, and that is, and, and this is in deference to a lot of people out there who do this, uh, they you have security. A lot of these ones that are just rolling around, and it's kind of nice to have, even if they're in a golf cart and they're half stoned or whatever, you know, half these security guards, whatever, I don't – the fact that they're there does help. It's a bit of a deterrent. So there are some positives, and in the very near future, my friend, we may have to go to a few additional Walmart parking lots with a special trip we're doing very soon.
3: <laughs> yes, we'll talk about that yeah, at yeah. some point.
2: <laughs> but maybe we should uh, move on. I
3: mean, how, uh, how was, about, like, what, if it gets stinky, we get busy. You know, something like that. Something to really reinforce the fact that you do not want to come anywhere near this van.
2: Yeah, well... um,
3: All right, right, let's... Here, I'll... I'll, Before... One more thing, okay? okay. So, in the last episode, if you guys were listening, uh, you know we got a nasty letter from Matt.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he was a sweetheart.
3: Yeah, he basically uh, sent us a very, you can listen to that last week's episode, and uh, I'm not going to reread it, uh, but basically sent us a, an email saying that, that we were unprofessional, that dangerous, we're, and that we were uneducated and dangerous. Well, mm. anyway, I replied to him, uh-huh. and then he replied to me. Oh. And it turns out we we started to have. There's something about social media that sometimes brings out the worst in people. Yeah. So we started to have this really good conversation. It turns out he's actually like a, a, like an EV fleet manager was, and okay. he, he knows his stuff. So uh, I suggested that he come on the show, and he said yes. Okay. Um, would, you that would, would you guys want to let us know in the comments if you're watching this? If you want to actually hear from Matt, uh, I was going to have him on the show via Zoom. Uh, unfortunately, then I had to go and uh, I was out in uh, Cali last week doing the uh, CRV uh, hybrid, right? Uh, so I, I couldn't get that established. But maybe for next episode, we can have Matt on the show and he can, t- you know, he can talk about his experiences with managing a fleet of EVs. I think that would be interesting.
2: Okay, all right, but please don't take this as a cue for you to send in really, really angry emails <laughs> and hope that Roman's going to gonna go, hmm, I'll talk with you and bring you onto the show later on. This <laughs> just, is a unique case. I just
3: wanted to engage with him because, you know, he was so uh, vociferous. Visif- visif- visifer-
2: Pissed off. Yeah.
3: All right. He was he was so ardent in his views. So yeah. I, I figure there's got to be something
2: there if somebody's that, you know... I, I, nonetheless, I'm glad that you guys are able to work it out and eventually we'll have him on the show. But once again, please don't send in a whole bunch of hateful email expecting Roman to say, yes, you can come onto the show. All right, so it I'll, doesn't work that way. So
3: I'll tell you what led me to today's topic. Okay. All right. So today's topic, of course, is we're going to talk about the uh, uh, the new tech that makes modern cars worse. All right. And this is a new tech, but this is what got me thinking about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So,
2: you know, it's pre- it's pretty cold out there. Right. Oh, yeah right it's the process is just starting to be uh kicking in with the colorado. but
3: but here in colorado uh we we actually have pretty strong thermal radiation right because mm-hmm. we're at a mile above sea level and when the sun shines even if it's cold outside uh it still feels very warm yeah right so even though it's like what was it like in the 30s or 40s this morning mm-hmm. so i get up uh, i get in the car uh and i um I set the the temperature to like 68, which is where I always have it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But outside, it's like 38, right? Um, But here's what happened. Um, I set the temperature. I started driving to work, uh, and the car is very warm inside. But because the thermometer of the car reads the outside temperature, it started pushing in more heat into the car. So the cabin of the car was already like, in the 70s because of solar radiation whereas the outside of the car was like in the 40s but because the car thought that it was actually colder inside than it was outside it actually started heating the the cap instead of cooling it okay so so i i don't know if that's because the, the sensor in the vehicle wasn't working or because the sensor outside was overriding the sensor in the car but i was like why it's hot in here. I know it's cold outside, but why doesn't the car understand that it's you know already hot in here?
2: Yeah, well, uh, I have a feeling different cars have different electronics in some cases, and perhaps you won't have that same problem with each but car. But have you had that happen? Have you had that happen yeah, where, it have, like where the heater it, it, does the exact wrong thing? I, that's, I don't like using auto
3: Okay, ever. That's a good point.
2: Yeah, it's because uh, often what's happening is based on whatever the location is, Of the device that's measuring the temperature, that's the area it has to warm. And so it may blow a ton of heat into the passenger area until that little spot gets warm enough. That's one issue. And the other issue is it depends on the size of the car. If you're driving a van, a minivan, as we mentioned, it takes a long time to heat that up. But when you're in the front, that's where a majority of the vents are. That's blowing the heat to try to make the whole thing warm. As such, you are going to get really, really hot until everything evens out. So that's why I just... I use manual controls almost all the time, um, with only a, mi- a few minor exceptions. But uh, let's, I think we should probably start on this list, but maybe right before we do, I wanted to do a quick shout out to our Patreons. Yeah. Um, guys, your support has actually made it possible for Roman to get run off the road with a large dog. Um, but seriously, we couldn't do what we do. We couldn't drive what we drive without your support. So thank you very much.
3: And, and this morning at our um, morning meeting, we were talking about actually doing this podcast as a live show. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and they do record them live. Yeah. So I want to judge to see if you guys be interested in actually you know, buying tickets and, and actually coming and joining us maybe um i suggested we do it at the ranch it's kind of out of the way though it's really out of the way in our new barn we could probably you know certainly do it in there but is that something you guys would be interested in would you actually be willing to come yeah
2: as part of your feedback please let us know if it'd Mm -hmm. be if you'd be interested in attending one of these live uh which means we would ask for your feedback while you were in the room can't be here because we can only squeeze about four people in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but intimate. there are other there are other facilities we're looking at as well. So uh, by all means, let us know if you're interested. We, this can, is something you'd be like, interested can, like,
3: in. Like, like four people there,
2: maybe a Coke machine, I, a popcorn machine. I, I seriously four people in here comfortably. Uh, <laughs> it, it'll get really hot. Speaking of getting hot, so um, speaking of HVAC controls and okay. heating, air conditioning controls, and whatever you want to call them, uh, this list is mostly based on tech for vehicles like the one you were just driving. For those of you who are able to watch, uh, that Mercedes up there, which is a super high-tech, very cool car, but it has a lot of gizmos on it that I think are really unnecessary. So this is a, a... a list. It's not really a top 10, but there are 10 of them in here, so it's in no particular order. Shall we get started? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so the first one is haptics or lack of a hard button. Let's go number 10. We'll count it down. Okay, so that's number 10.
3: Yes, I I, I completely agree with you in that car, Nathan. um, So Mercedes, um, once again, this is the brand new 2022 uh, Mercedes-Benz AMG EQS uh, stick around it is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and once upon a time Mercedes had the very best seat controls. Mm-hmm. Right, basically it was a little um, like a silhouette of the seat of the seat on sure. the door on the button. Yeah, so if you wanted to move the seat back and forth, you would push the lower uh, cushion, mm-hmm. a little silhouette of the cushion, a little plastic back and forth. Now they've gone to haptic, which it basically it doesn't move. It's there, but you you're supposedly supposed to touch it. And it's supposed to actually do what you want it to do. But inevitably, because I'm used to pushing on it, I push too hard. and I feel like I'm going to break it. Or I push in the wrong place and it does the wrong thing.
2: That is very true. And I actually completely agree with you about that with the Mercedes controls and the fact that they made something that worked beautifully Overcomplicated and completely unnecessary, but it also goes into this the regular controls throughout the vehicle. Um, a lot of vehicles do it, even our Hyundai that we're using.
3: Well, the other does one that, that completely got it wrong is the Volkswagen, the ID. Four uh, and uh, uh, yeah. now the now the Golf R. We're not getting the the Golf anymore, but the Golf R. Uh, they went to the slider switch. Uh, Mercedes also has it. Yeah, uh, on the steering wheel, use your thumb, uh, and on the screen, you kind of got to use your finger. To move the volume of the radio. It absolutely doesn't work. I mean, you'd be like, you would think like Honda tried it and Honda had to walk it back because people hated it so much. But they were willing
2: to walk it back.
3: But I'm saying like this happened like three years ago. Yeah. And Mercedes gleefully (laughs) walked down the same path. It's like, are you not, do you think the people who are buying Hondas are not also buying your cars? it, It would seem to me like that would be a lesson you could easily learn.
2: Well, the other part of it is that a lot of the buttons that they have there do or do not have feedback, and some of them aren't hard buttons. And I think you and I agree, and I know Tommy does, that hard buttons really do help. And not having them, not having something that has an actuator that goes click, when you're driving and you just want to feel it as opposed to having to look on the huge dash and try to find something that's not really telling you that you're hitting it, it sucks. It well, really it be- does. It
3: becomes like a distracted driving thing. That's exactly it. And
2: Consumer Reports
3: is hammering hard on that as well because now they're actually digging these cars and not recommending them because it becomes dangerous because you're, like, you're sitting there. I'll give you an example of the Mercedes, right? On the left side next to the little seat controls uh, is uh, the memory seats, right? Mm-hmm. So you hit the M, and then you hit one, two, or three. But right above the M are your heated seat controls. But that whole panel doesn't click. It's all haptic, so it's so easy to fat finger it, and hit the heated seat in the middle of the summer as opposed to the memory seat. So you're driving along... And you're like, okay, I want to set my memory seat. And next thing you know, your butt's you know, boiling because you've hit the wrong button and you've just fat fingered it.
2: And just a couple of years ago, driving a Mercedes-Benz used to have some of the more intuitive buttons that clicked and actually felt like they were doing the right thing. Now, I know some of you are out there like, well, it's cost savings because they're mashing these things together onto a screen. I'm probably right, yeah. But it's a $150,000 car. So there's no cost savings that I'm really interested in. If you're gonna do that, give me some buttons. And old people like Roman do drive these cars, and he wants his switches, and he wants to feel things actuators moving. So
3: I want big levers, Nathan. He, <laughs> he wants <laughs> levers and knobs. I want, I want to be like steampunk and big,
2: yeah. big round things. That was a nice, useful mention dude, dude, right check there too. This out. So uh-huh.
3: we just bought a uh, 1972 Mercedes-Benz. 250C. That's right? a beautiful car too. You know, you know, you know how you adjust the seat there. You reach in between your, your legs. legs and you pull on the little lever, and then you slide the seat back and forth. Or you reach to the side. And there's a big knob on the side. Yeah, and I, you twist it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, and then it works crazy. <laughs> and, then, and then like you have two adjustments, and you're comfortable, and you're like, wow, this one. You know how you adjust the lumbar. <laughs> Uh, Probably three different buttons that you have to get to. No buttons. It's in the screen. Oh, you. So you got to
2: actually get to the screen. It's in the hyper screen, right? Oh god! So you got to go. You got to
3: hit the. You got to first of all hit the home button. Yeah. Then you got to bring in comfort and convenience, right? And Mm -hmm. then there's three choices there. One is like lighting one is massaging seats and one is uh, lumbar and then you got to push the lum- lumbar button and then there's a little diagram which lets you with your finger kind of kind of scroll along to see how far you want the lumbar to, to actually come all
2: out. of this you want to do in high-speed traffic <laughs> exactly. yeah that's and and that's and I, I know some of you techie guys are like well wait a minute you're gonna be in partially you know automated mode driving the car will be driving itself it doesn't matter. You really don't want to take your eyes off the highway for that long, just to figure out how to do lumbar.
3: And then, and then when I got in the car, Zach had driven it, and you know, yeah. we're different heights. Oh, I, yeah. I've got a, like a weirdly tall torso, mm-hmm. and he, he had uh, the um, heads up display, uh, and it's supposed to kind of rest like you know if you're looking out the window, and you divide the window into like thirds, right? Top third, middle third, bottom third. You usually want it at the bottom third, so that third, you're yeah. looking at traffic. And then you're looking down at the heads-up display. Right. He had put it right in the middle. (laughs) So I was looking through. It's like
2: a fighter pilot looking at constantly at, like, you know, (laughs) crosshairs.
3: I'm not joking, dude. I spent, like, five minutes trying to figure out just how to lower it.
2: So that's one of them. Uh, Another one, and this is part of the tech package, is street sign recognition. And i got to tell you, it's the most useless thing on the planet and some cars react to it differently than others. So this so is number nine. This is nine, number nine, nine yeah. yeah. And honestly, when you're driving down the road, some of these vehicles, if you have them in cruise control especially, and they see a street sign, and you're going slightly above the speed limit, and they see the street sign, they'll actually slow down for you and put you into the legal speed limit, which sucks. I hate that. Not only that, but it brings the sign up in front of you. I know there's some people who may be like, oh, I didn't really realize it was a 45 zone. I'm so happy my car told me that. But you know what? I would say a majority of us are like, you know, I got my eyes. I can figure this out on my own without having it take up space on my infotainment screen or in front of me uh, or on the IP so, telling me.
3: So, we're, you know, where we're getting at here, Nathan, I think, is the same place, right? I hate when technology kind of tries to outsmart you and does something you don't want it to do. Well,
2: yeah, or, or unnecessary.
3: Yeah, so with street sign recognition, I forget what car I was driving, but I had uh, cruise control on, and I had it, I had it set at, like, usually, where, where do you put it? I put it, like, five over, right? Yeah. If it's, like, 60. You You're probably
2: I'm, driving the Lightning
3: could have been the lightning, yeah. I think it was. And every time the speed limit would change, it would automatically slow the car down. That's what Ford does. Yeah, by itself. And I'm like, no, no, don't, let me do that. Don't,
2: don't. Let be- me be in charge. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah,
2: and, and that is, it, that's, it. so it goes beyond just the fact that it's popping up on the display. It goes to the point of like, it's interfering with your driving and your enjoyment. And then your stress level goes up. And then Roman has this little temple thing <laughs> where the veins come out on the side of his forehead. And that means that, you know, I'm going to kill the car. So yeah, we well, can't have that.
3: And then I think what Volvo does is, uh, it might be BMW as well. Let me know in the comments if, if I got these wrong. but. It'll actually flash the sign red when you exceed the speed limit. So I, I've
2: seen that in other vehicles. You, you see, it's like it's like yeah. pissed
3: at you. It's like it's like a naggy like co-driver who's like you're going too fast. You're going too fast. And, and, right. It's like flash, flash, red, red, red. And I'm like, yes, I know I'm going. It happens, you know. Mm-hmm. You're merging onto traffic. There's a merge like, that I have to do to my house, and you merge on. It's like to merge on successfully and safely you have to exceed the speed limit and the last thing i want is yeah while you're trying to merge. actually well, not I'm get... trying to merge yeah. yeah you know onto traffic so and but what happened to people merging nathan this has oh. become a lot you know the zipper merge is one of the most brilliant innovations in all yeah. of all of traffic control. someone
2: goes in front of you and then you get to go in front of someone else oh, yeah. that's and, how it works and
3: there's two merges i do come to work people stop like, like, they literally stop and sit there, and you've got, like, a quarter mile of where you could, you know, merge safely. And, and it's just so frustrating. I'm like, dude, you, it's a merge. It's yeah. not a stop, right? If There's a stoplight, and then it says merge, and you go around the stoplight. Usually it's a right turn, and then you merge onto the traffic, and they move over, and you move in. It's a zipper. It works. But no, they stop, and they sit there, and you just you honk at them, and then they look at you like you're some kind of an idiot because why are you honking at me? I'm um, stopped here because there's traffic. No, you're stopped because it's a merge, and you should be accelerating, not braking.
2: We could do an entire podcast or two based on – the horrible driving that people do nowadays going in fast lanes leaving their turn signals not using their turn signals yeah, you name lot. it there's <laughs> there's a lot and, the I, and you guys perpetu- all know this though
3: Seinfeld called it, like in florida the perpetual left but <laughs> <laughs> i think it's about right though isn't it Our uh, perpetual right
2: all right let's move on to the next one and this one this one really ticks me off and i well, number been, 8 number 8 on this uh-huh. Um, And I've been yelled at by some of our viewers like, dude, this is for safety. And what I'm referring to are the new door handles that other people are coming out with. These door handles, there's a variety of different ones, but they all have something in common. And that is they're not actually door handles. They're small pads that actuate when you grab the handle and actually it hits a little lever inside electronically to open the door as opposed to pulling a latch which has been around for a very long time and opening the door to and I know it sounds like well you're making a big deal out of nothing Mm. not necessarily because there's been there was a Lexus an NX that I recently drove and on more than one occasion with this silly pad inside the door handle I you know, went to pull it, and the door didn't quite open all the way. And then I let go and try it again because you think it's a lever. It's not. You actually have to slam the door shut and then try again. And they say it's done for, uh, for pedestrian safety. That's one of the reasons why, because the whole door now will tell you not to open in traffic when you're inside or outside the car. Um, but having a button or other types of door handles, like the ones that come out of electric cars, they'll actually pull out and you know look really yeah, retra- cool.
3: retractable. Those have become like, Tesla pioneered those, and now mm. every electric car has to have, for arrow reasons, retractable. That, that's what they say, Arrow yeah, reasons. Yeah, retractable doors. I've handles. actually
2: seen those malfunction with heavy frost well, there's something, and then snow. So
3: like the Mercedes that we've got, I don't mean to pick on yeah. Mercedes, uh, it's got these uh, door handles that, that the whole door handle comes out and then lights up like a ring around. It. It's very elegant, but you wonder what happens, you know, with frost. Uh, and then like Tesla does now, some of them that, that Kind of cantilever out, yeah. What I mean, where you push on them and then they come. They 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 flick out a little bit, yeah. Yeah.
2: And I just feel that these are all way too overcomplicated, and in many cases,
3: I got the the sneaking suspicion Mm. that like a traditional door handle, where you just reach underneath and pull up, yeah. Like the arrow effect of that is so negligible, and it's just become like a electric car thing. It's not about arrow. It's just like oh. You know, we have to do it for aero, but if you really look at the numbers, I can't believe a, a traditional door... Not not the, not the 1970s big ones with the button on yeah, it. Yeah, no,
2: but you're talking about a modern... Modern where you just reach underneath and the And it's pole. a very slick, yeah. you know, thing. It's, yeah, it's just under... Yeah, you mm-hmm. yeah. pull, yeah. I would agree with you. Um, I, I'm pretty damn sure that, that, that the whole aero thing... Look, there's mirrors on your car, you're, and that's required still. Cameras aren't there yet. You know what I mean? Like, you have to have side view mirrors. That creates plenty of resistance on its own, so extra door handles probably won't cause as, you uh, know, yeah, any...
3: The other thing that's coming, and mm. this is kind of tangential, tangential to this, yeah. is, uh, and the Mercedes does it, uh, and the Genesis, we have it. Uh, those are electric doors now. Yeah, where, where oh, the, that
2: Genesis, it's cra- It's cool, but it's completely unnecessary. Or they, they open
3: it, either at Genesis, you push of a button, it'll close the door, or mm. like a Tesla, I think the Model X has it, where you hit the brake, the door closes, uh, and what ends up happening with me at least is you forget about that feature and then you end up fighting it right It's because it, it's got a motor it's got an actuator yeah and so, you can hear
2: it squeaming when you're <laughs> pulling the door closed <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: you're like yeah. so you, you forget that it does automatically close so you pull it and next thing you know it's like it, it doesn't want to close or it doesn't want to open because it, it's supposed to be actuated automatically
2: so to, to add to that uh, a friend of mine from a, a place I used to work at, he sat in a car recently and he expected the door to close and he was staring at it for about 5 seconds before he <laughs> with his brain yeah, like yeah, like a like a like, Jedi mind. Yeah, trick. well he was just couldn't understand <laughs> or, why it wouldn't close because he, ac- he yeah. So self-closing <laughs> doors and all this are completely unnecessary. That's that's just a little piece of the uh, pie but the, the whole thing is, is that with these doors, um, it's just, I feel it's completely unnecessary. And I'm going to go on to other stuff that not only is it unnecessary, but it's also a pain if something goes wrong. Well, because like, then you don't have access to your car.
3: Like I like soft closed doors, right? Where all you have to do is just, you know, just gently close them and then the thing automatically closes the last 5% of the way. Right. Those are good, but... but Completely, I don't know. It just seems unnecessary.
2: See, it's I like just... hardcore ones. You said so I like them hard. You like where you plan. actually grab them like, like a man sl- and, and close them. Like a
3: truck. You just slam the thing. I
2: just want a door to close when I grab the handle and close it. I want the seats to be easy to control without having weird buttons. God, we sound And old. I want, I know, I want a <laughs> dial. For We'll get into that in a second. But I wanted to go to the next one. Right. Th- this, is, this is one that irritates me Number a little bit. Number seven. Number seven on our list <laughs> (laughs) is rear seat reminders. Oh, God. (laughs) I hate those. I know some of you guys, especially new parents, are like, you might have left your kid in the car. Honestly, if you are getting in and out of your car and you need the car to remind you that your little one is in the back seat, maybe you're doing something wrong. I I am an absolute featherhead. I screw up all the time, but I have managed not to leave my kids stranded in the car or have the car necessitate a warning. Hmm. There's something in the back seat, or you really should look in the back seat. So, so, I don't so, want to look. So
3: there's, there's, there's like two: the dumb and the smart one of those, right? The yeah. dumb one is just an every time you close the door of the car and get out to go get a coffee at the Seven Eleven, it just reminds you: have you made sure that there's nothing, a pet or a child, in the back seat? That's just stupid, right? That's just like, yeah, uh, it's it's like you know what that's like. Almost, it's like when you get on a plane and they read the same thing to you. Every single time, I I almost wish at at some point it just becomes actually counterproductive, right? Because you not only ignore it, you
2: you completely like tune it out at that point. I have a funny story about that. If you want ten seconds, yeah, Yeah, on a particular flight, um, I was I think I was looking at my phone or what playing a game and had my headset on, not paying attention because that we fly all the time. I mean weekly, and this guy next to me, he's an older guy, and he elbows me a little bit. And I look over at him and he makes a gesture. So I pull my, my headset off and he goes, Aren't you going to listen to the lady? And I, I couldn't roll my eyes enough for him to understand that what he had done was, I was stunned. <laughs> and so, uh, but I, I, I collected myself quickly and I said, um, You got ha- shamed. No, I, I know. And then I turned to him and I said, Have you phoned before? And he said, well, this is my, my, my first flight. <laughs> and I'm like, mother, well, you, ever, you know, I mean, everything in my head is just, but I, I really didn't want to be a total jerk to him. And so I said, listen, I fly all the time. So I know the warnings. I can read them to you later. And I put my headset back on and closed my eyes and put my head over my eyes just so he'd leave me the hell alone for the rest of the flight, which he didn't. But anyway, that, can you imagine that though? Someone just like, you know, hey, you, you really need to listen to the person who's talking. No. So do you fly Southwest? I think it was Southwest. Yeah,
3: I, I have a friend who's a Southwest flight attendant. Yeah, uh, and he was telling me that if the plane ever crashes, we're all dead because <laughs> the <laughs> no. first like three rows are all the infirm, elderly, obese. <laughs> and, I know. Nobody's getting off the plane. With <laughs> nobody's the getting off the plane. And and uh, oh, oh, and comfort animals. <laughs> They're all in those first three rows <laughs> on so, Southwest. Yeah, it's gonna, be, <laughs> it's gonna be like a cork in a bottle. <laughs> I, I, I grandma Oh,
2: well, you know what happens I go... I sit in. you know, I, I try to sit in the, you know, the escape rows. Hey,
3: at, hey, hey, airlines, here's an idea. If you really give a rat's ass about my safety, stop flooding the plane with alcohol. How about
2: that? <laughs> Wouldn't that be an idea? I, every time I fly back from from certain states, the people are like... I can always tell where they're loaded. Yeah. I mean, completely drunk. Oh, yeah, he they're smashed. Tell, he, he
3: was telling me that, like, uh, one of those uh, little, like, drink... They have, like, little, you know, they, they're sealed. They have yeah. those little, like, bottles of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, boost. The airline pays, like, you know, like $15, and it's worth, like, 500 Yeah, You know what I mean? I'm serious. If you really care about my safety, stop getting people drunk on planes, right? Because these are the bozos who are trying to go out the emergency door during the flight, who decide that they want to join the Mile High Club, you know, who decide that the best way to uh, vent their rage is to do it on fellow passengers, and the alcohol just makes that so much easier, Nathan, so I, much easier.
2: I would agree... And we're going to move on to uh, number <laughs> really, number guys. six. Uh, yeah, We uh, went uh, on to a tangent, uh, but that's part of the, uh, the, you know, that's why you guys love the oh, show. Uh, no. Okay, let me go back to what you said. Okay. So uh, there's dumb
3: ones, which are just these stupid remind- And then, like, Hyundai does a smart one where they actually have sensors right they have motion sensors that point in the back seat so if you do happen to forget your child or dog know, or something or dog or whatever that's right and the, and the kid moves the dog jumps it'll do one of two things it'll uh, flash the lights and sound the horn uh, and it'll also send you a, a text to your app which now that makes sense okay now, now all I have no stuff,
2: problem with that whatsoever yeah, like a little I, po- and yeah. that should be adopted by everybody yeah, it's, it's a, a, a very simple sensor. yeah it's it is it's a really good system and uh, especially for those parents and pet owners who are forgetful it's great for you guys too um but let's move on to another one and we we kind of touched on it number but six. I, number 6 and that is the volume control knob <laughs> i know we're old men here and you go ahead and yell at us in the comments just, below dude I'm,
3: no 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 i disagree i'm just waiting for some manufacturer to put square wheels on the car because that that the volume and tuning control knob is the most perfect solution there is no better it solution. It is totally it, intuitive it, it, and simple. Per- perfect. There is nothing you could do that would make. Like, like I said, just put square wheels in the car at this point because you know the wheel has been invented. Why do you have to reinvent
2: that wheel? And this is something that's been going on uh, for a long time. I had uh, a 1984. Ford Thunderbird. It was one of those wrecking yard cars because I worked at the wrecking yard, and I just drove it around for a little bit. And the aftermarket stereo system back in the day, you know, Blaupunkt or something. Ooh, good stuff, Alpine. But instead of having a, a, a knob, it had these little tiny volume control up and down arrows, and so that goes all the way back to the eighties. And I hated it then, and it just didn't work the way I wanted it to work. And of course, I'd have to you, look at it in you order know to cool. Hmm. Those
3: those old. Uh... Equalizers with the little like uh, bars that you can move up and down. You can like nineteen of them though. Yeah, you can
2: create your own sine wave. That that was cool, especially on date night when you're a teenager and you're just like, no, 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 (laughs) No, I'm going to get the perfect sound. I'm going to play Journey. I know I need more bass. (laughs) When the Yeah, (laughs) here's the 110. I'm going up as high as I can. Oh, never mind the sky. (laughs) Yeah, but you're driving at the same time as you know know, Steve Perry's singing. So it's that's. You know, that comp- that type of thing goes right back to what we're talking about. So the volume control knob has been a source of headaches for designers for years. Because in their mind, and I have talked to a couple designers about this. You and I have yelled at them about this. And they say the same thing. When we buy these packs, because they they buy the technology from someone else often. There's usually a supplier who brings in these components. It is a lot easier to have an entire screen where your buttons are and all of your, your sliders and everything else, rather than having a screen and then a separate control for a knob, which even by today's standards is considered archaic, which, okay, whatever, if you want to say it, but it's cheaper for them, and it's easier to develop just a whole screen that you plug in modular, rather than having to find that extra knob. And one guy, a viewer, said that it's a safety reason. Hmm. That they took away the knob for a safety reason. His point is If you get into a car accident, you can embed yourself into the knob and I'm Even thinking like
3: those old 50s cars where you would impale yourself on the steering wheel like yeah, you're going to embed your hand by accident into the knob yeah
2: that's exactly yeah. what he was saying and just like dude I, I it's bl-
3: it. I blame Audi you know Audi started this trend so Audi came along and decided that the best place for the volume knob was not next to the radio but next to the gear shift lever right yep, so, yep, and then Mazda, and the Mazda followed along and put it down here BMW did too Yeah. I'm and like. then they were then they were like you know what uh, instead of a knob let's do like a, a roller right so yeah. then they
2: went to the roller Hyundai does that yeah and, then, and then
3: BMW said, you know what, instead of a knob and a roller, let's do finger gestures, right, where you kind of spin your finger, you know, and then then now they've said, you know what, instead of a knob or a roller that's next to, or finger gestures, let's just get rid of it and do a haptic uh, slider, right, where you, you brush your finger or your thumb up against it on the steering wheel or on the side, and it's to the point now uh, where you can't even control the volume, I've given up on controlling the volume, yeah. just, just give it, and, and God help you if you need to change the station, dude. God help you if you need to change the station or change the input from, like, your phone to, let's say, Sirius or to uh, FM radio or AM. God help you where that is buried, right? Once upon a time, it used to just be like, hey, you'd push the FM button and you'd get the FM station,
2: Mm -hmm. AM button. But now you got to go through three different pages in order to get to it, which is just ridiculous. Uh, Another thing is that some of you guys might say, well, you have steering wheel controls, and some of them are are brilliant and really easy to use. You know, the easiest one to use still is uh, Stellantis. Where the volume control and the um, tuning are in the back, of the, in the back of the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those um, are all, yeah. Yeah, old school. Oh, yeah. And, I and, love and, those. And they work really, really they good. Will. Yeah, um, and you can, you can, it's like a magic trick too. Yeah. For,
3: hey, kids, <laughs> <laughs> think about <laughs> whether you want the volume to go up or down. Let's you have magic
2: will do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the bottom line is that I think that it's very hard, at least for us old coots. To uh, present. Start with the old coots. Uh, no, 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 just just hear, me out, old hear me out. It's, it's, they're often you guys are saying, you guys have old thinking when you are thinking about these uh. knobs and these, these sliders or gestures work. They don't. They don't, they don't, they don't. And we drive thousands of cars a year if you consider all the people that work at TFL. And I have yet to see anybody replace something as simple as a volume knob with something better. That's the bottom line. And Roman will fight you. All right, if you, yeah, he's, you're, look, he can.
3: I mean, at some point, if you enjoy Googling things and if you enjoy having the car do stuff that you don't want it to do, then yes, then yes, <laughs> call me old because I like to have the car do stuff that I want it to do. I don't want to spend my day having to look at YouTube videos or Google tutorials that tell... I'll give you an example of this. Here's a perfect example uh-huh. of this. All right, so me, me and Tommy screwed up. We, we have, like, the same Apple ID. I don't know how that happened, but it happened, right? Okay. So that means that at some point I end up with his pictures on my phone, which I don't want. I end up with his... <laughs> I'm music. sure you don't. (laughs) No, which I end up with (laughs) is music on my phone, which I don't want. So and it's very hard to separate the Apple ID once you've done that. It's not easy. Yeah. So one of the things that that, that like Apple CarPlay does, which I also you know, there's a lot of great things about Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, um, and we can go into those. But you know what they are. But there's also a lot of really crappy things. And as it's kind of the next on the list. Yeah. As as the technology gets more, those two technologies have become more and more invasive. So here's what here's what happened. Here's what used to happen to me mm-hmm. uh, with Apple CarPlay. So Tommy downloaded this band called Chromio, which which you would hate, which yes, I, hate. I, I know exactly, Chromio, right? Chromio, and it's the only music I have on my phone because I, 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 not that I don't <laughs> want music on my phone, but I don't want to fill it up because I do a lot of videos on my phone, right. and if I fill it up with music, I don't have space for, yeah, you understand. see the you see yeah, the of course I do. So, so every time I plug in Apple CarPlay, guess what plays comes out of out of the radio. Chromio. And I have one song at all. Why does it do that, Nathan? I'm sure if I were to Google it, I could figure out. But why do I have to? Why does it play Chromio when the Apple CarPlay connects to the car?
2: Uh, something tells me that Tommy did this on purpose and he just absolutely loves it. <laughs> <Yeah>, it's <laughs> like you where you change yeah. the presets. I, 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 do, I do change the presets <laughs> and screw around. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. To Ozzy's I'm, Boneyard. Yeah, I, I love Ozzy's Boneyard. <laughs> yeah. So people are stuck listening to Old Heavy Metal because of me and I love it. But see, that that the reason I do that actually in many cases it's actually because when I turn the car on, I just want to hear my music. And my daughter put a couple extra songs in my phone, and they pop up every time. Every time. Because <laughs> what she did was she changed the name of them and changed the alphabetical order. So sometimes when I plug my phone in and it goes into Apple uh, uh, Carp mode, it suddenly plays the first song that's on there. Yeah, I know and why. for a while it was Vampire Weekend, but she called it AA Vampire Weekend, The little pain in the butt. And she... I suddenly, I'm listening to something I don't want to listen to. Well, I, um, I, I could do Vampire Weekend, but I'm just giving you a reference, uh, what specifically what she did. Now, this thing, this the, goes to the next thing on our list. Yeah, the though. other
3: thing Apple CarPlay does, which drives me crazy, is like I'll go for a run and I'll listen to podcasts. I love listening to automotive podcasts, right? Yeah. But I like the long form, so I like listening to them uh, on my run because it usually takes an hour and it's a perfect perfect. But I don't listen to them in my car because I never get into them because I'm just driving like you know ten minutes here, or 10, right? Right. And then you know, I'll be listening to it on my. Uh, on my run and i want to save it for my run and then i get in the car and it starts playing and i'm like i don't want you playing i, I, I don't want you playing the podcast when i get in the car just stop it so i've gotten to the point now with carplay where i just have it bluetoothed in so it, it like work. the phone works and it's got my contacts but it, the, the apple or android auto does not take control of the os for the system you know the operating system of the of the vehicle because right. it's too invasive
2: Well, that brings us to number, I believe this is number five on our list, and that is overcomplicated infotainment and OTA updates, uh, over-the-air updates. Yeah, so... so, That's
3: part of this whole puzzle. So, you know, Tesla pioneered them, and once once upon a time, the -the over-the-air updates that Tesla did were great. So I remember we had the Model 3, and I got an over there update and actually made the car quicker, right? So mm-hmm. they actually changed the, the way that the batteries were delivering power. They changed the efficiency of the car. That was
2: cool. Oh, they did a lot of cool stuff back in the day.
3: Back in the day. Now all uh, you get with the Tesla is like an Apple update. It doesn't tell you what it is and it gives you some like vague message about security updates. Mm-hmm. And then the car, of course, is like doing it in the worst time possible when you don't want it to do it. It's supposed to do it at night. Like Apple said, have you noticed that Apple says update the phone or computer at night? And then you wake up in the morning and like you want an update? I'm like, weren't you supposed to do this when I was sleeping? Yeah. Uh, so so, so now the updates don't do anything except probably like protect them from like some kind of uh,
2: uh, changing the firewall parameters or something like that. Yeah. Or, or getting sued. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
3: You, you know you're agreeing to some bullshit thing that you don't read through anyway because it's too long and who's got the time for right. it? Right. Uh, and, and the one that actually is doing stuff now is Rivian. So the Rivian over the updates are actually doing actual things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, guys, if, if all you're doing is protecting your legal ass or, like, fixing uh, stuff that's making the car worse, sometimes it actually makes the car worse. Because oh, there have been updates of screwed up cars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or make, makes you know,
2: Then don't do it. it. It's not helpful. It it It's going to become more of an issue, not less. Yes. Because as vehicles become more and more electrified, electrified vehicles... Uh, their actual drive system can be directly influenced by an over-the-air update, as opposed to, say, an internal combustion here. engine, which may not have be as you know here's the, easy here. to fix over the hey, air. Hey, I got one for GMC. Yeah.
3: Okay, here's okay. one, and I think this is actually a, a, a bug in the system. So we have okay. got this Hummer, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I, I've got o, OCD, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I love it when you lock the vehicle and the little mirrors. Yeah. Right? Because that to me, because I, I always do this thing where I, when I leave the vehicle, I look over my shoulder, and if the mirrors are closed, it tells me it's locked. Because I'm always like, did I lock it? Didn't I lock it? And if it's not, then i got to reach in my pocket, find the you know key, and I lock it again. It sure. just stresses the shit out. It uh, stresses me out. I shouldn't. Sorry, guys, I don't yeah. mean to swear. Stresses He's me. been cussing all day, hasn't he? I've been very stressed out. You can tell. Okay, so but, go on. But, so I love this when the mirror is closed because it's a, it's a visual representation of the fact that. The, so there's a little uh, virtual switch in the GMC that you hit. It's called courtesy something or another, and then it does that, right? Right. It, 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 when you lock the vehicle, the mirrors come in. Every time in the GMC, it defaults to being off. I'll set it on. I've done it like 50 times now, and I'll go in the office, or I'll go shopping, come back, I, open, I unlock it. The mirrors will not open. They'll be closed. I have to manually open the mirrors, right? And then I look at the little setting, and it's switched off. It just automatically defaults to it. Now, I asked, um, I, I asked the dealer about it, uh, and I asked GMC about it, and they said, oh, it's because it's programmed to the key. Right, which is possible. Yeah. So the key actually overrides whatever, which is also stupid because the key shouldn't override, but anyway, it does. Mm-hmm. So then I programmed it with the key, with both. I tr- actually tried both keys, and still every time it defaults to being off.
2: I feel your pain. It's and once
3: again, it's a vehicle doing something that I don't want it to do. Right. And so, hey, GMC, just, if you're listening to this, look at it, okay? Because yeah. I, I think it's at this seriously. You know, we're pretty professional here. And I've spent a lot of time Googling this. i spent a lot of time talking to people, and I cannot get that feature even supposedly programming the key, right? Because there's two keys, and each of the key sets, like key one sets the the seat settings to the first setting, the number one, and key two does the number two, so that if you have a wife or a significant other partner, you you each can have different settings for the vehicle. But this thing always defaults to being off, always.
2: so GM you need to fix this. Yeah, okay. fix it.
3: yeah. Look at it. Or or tell me how stupid I am and if I'm missing it and I'm pretty technologically like savvy, then then maybe whatever is in there that's doing it you need to
2: simplify. Okay. Now, speaking of having something that you really want fixed or removed yes. in some cases, how about Number, I think we're down to four. Five. Five. No, we're down to four. Okay, four. Okay. Anyway, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. At this point, yeah. I, I was
3: trying to keep, kind of do it the TFL way to count them down. So at this point, we've lost count. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, it's It's number four. Um augmented engine noise
3: Ooh, that's a whole world Ooh. of pain
2: now there's there's a lot going on here because every not-
3: like burps Did you notice that when you lock it Rurr, <laughs> Rurr.
2: yeah well it's, it's, t- some it's like vehicles, Chewbacca burping Rurr. but some vehicles don't really need any of that now we are in a new world where hybrids and of course electric vehicles they have to have some sort of augmented noise just to tell other people that they're moving or it, it's some sort of component that's part of the
3: drive so what are we talking about let's split this up are we talking about internal combustion engines where they augment the the vehicles to make them sound uh, better or are we talking about electric cars where they fake the the sound we're talking about let's start with one let's start with what you said was augmented engine note which is like the raptor where it's got a you know funky
2: v6 and inside the cab it sounds different than outside it certainly does (laughs) i understand why they do it. it 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 if you stop thinking about it and stop thinking about the fact that I'm listening to something augmented, it can sound pretty cool. They started doing that early on with, like, the Ford Focus ST and some of those other vehicles. Uh, it started
3: with, like, like BMW used to do these little tubes that actually... It was a little tube that... It was would, a resonating tube. Yeah, yeah, that would actually come from the engine, so you would get more of that engine sound, because obviously you don't want the noise, vibration, and
2: harshness coming through, but you do want that cool engine note coming through. Provided that it's cool, and that's yeah. the thing, is that it's got to be cool. So one of the important parts of this is that they make it so some of these vehicles sound a little too good, <laughs> which can be one of the problems. <laughs> and the other problem is that when you go to the outside of it, it sounds really cool on the inside. Then you get outside, and it sounds like a Cuisinart, and you're like, whoa, God, they really were overdoing it inside. And it can be really disappointing for those people who really want a you know meaty, angry sound, and it's really not there.
3: Well, I mean, there are some cars like the Mustang GT, which sounds incredible, yeah. or like the Hellcat truck. Right? That we, Cadillac
2: we just had had one of the best engine notes I've ever heard.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, Jaguar does the same thing. Mm-hmm. And some of those actually are also fake. Like the Jaguar, they feed actually gas into a chamber that then it makes spl- it pop. and, on, and, and yeah, yeah. You get that they're, they're not
2: the only ones. who do that. And yeah. other ones use baffles, which don't, don't even change the but, performance, but, but make it sound better. But while that's fake, it's real fake. And then
3: there's fake-fake, right? So they're using gas to create that sound, whereas fake-fake is you're using either the speakers or in Audi uses the windscreen actually as a resonator to, mm-hmm. to create
2: augmented engine note. There, and then you move on from there to hybrids and electric cars that do not have an engine note or don't have anything worthwhile but are provided one that some people find a little ridiculous. I do like the fact that Tesla has a couple of different noises that you can plug in. Um, and other
3: E&W had like a famous uh, musician actually create their yeah create their sound y- you know it was Hans Zimmer yeah it was it Hans Zimmer yeah I would be like you know my 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 take on that Nathan is like like just lean into the quietness of it. I kind of like that. Just If it's electric, just keep it quiet at this point. There's if it's gas, make it sound cool because it's gas. But you don't have to make an electric car sound like a gas car.
2: No, it doesn't need to sound like a gas car, but it needs to have a noise. There's the whirling noises and other noises. They have to match decibel level of your quietest gas-powered car specifically. I think that Hummer does,
3: like, does this like... Rrr, yeah, rrr, oh, well, that uh, Mercedes
2: does that... Wah, 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 thing. Yeah. That sounds like a UFO. And that's totally fine. I don't mind that so much. Inside the car, some people really have a hard time... Time with the sound that the car is making a little, you know, sometimes it just sounds like a little whine, like a, well, my, here, my daughter's car so, even makes so that here's noise.
3: The, here's the like engineering problem, right? Mm. When you take away the engine noise, which a lot of people find pleasing, mm-hmm. when, like me and you, right? Yeah. Then you're stuck with the stuff that isn't pleasing, which is wind noise, which and can be a noise. whistle and tire and road noise, which is just annoying. Yeah. So then the question is, do you hide that? Do you augment that? This Do is you... why
2: I listen to punk rock and heavy metal very loud. It doesn't matter. Yeah, except with the volume knob, you can't turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> Without a volume knob, I'm screwed. Exactly. Now, You're it, listening to uh, Vampire
3: Weekend or whatever your yeah. daughter's got going on there. <laughs>
2: so, <laughs> I have nothing against Vampire Weekend. This just happens to be really annoying as as when you it isn't and then There's the, the weekend. weekend. Yeah, I think yeah. there's two weekends. So, yeah, sorry, I'm really old and I don't <laughs> listen to the new stuff. Anyway, there's a point, and that is that a lot of you guys, and this is, I just think it's unnecessary tech, especially in internal combustion cars, to have that piped-in sound. I think that at the worst, just keep it as it is, and at best, you can actually. Oh, you know, there's one more thing I wanted to add, actually, and that is. Stellantis has actually come up with a different solution. Yeah,
3: they've gone with like actual like they're like organ pipes for for their
2: electric with the kazoo. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I call it. You're blowing wind through it and it it makes a noise because it's actual pipes for their electric muscle car. Right. Um, I think. Look, I it could be awesome. All right, I haven't driven one yet. None of nobody has. Wait, what's that car called? It's It's the Challenger.
3: Yeah, but it's not the Challenger. It's the, what's the full name of it? It's like four things, right? It's the Daytona.
2: Yeah, special, blah, 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 blah. Challenger thing. uh, Charger, it's a Charger. It's not
3: a Challenger. It's a Daytona Well, if only we had
2: a device where we could look at these things rapidly. (sighs) Um, So while Roman's doing that, the point is, is that this particular vehicle that I'm referring to, which looks amazing, by the way, has these tubes that run through it, and then there's a little fan or something like that that actually blows through the tube, and then it comes out in the back where you can actually hear it. And according to Andre, who was there to hear it, you feel it in your chest. So it really is something that is an actual Dodge
3: Charger Daytona SRT.
2: Okay. Concept. So so the Charger that I'm talking about (laughs) um, that you guys have all seen on various media because it's out there. That has this, it's a different type of augmentation. It's actual air being blown through something. But my issue with that is this. It doesn't do anything else other than make noise. If it was used to cool the brakes, if it was used to go through the battery section to help cool it and extract some heat, I'd be like, oh, great. It's a bonus. You're actually using a fan, and it makes noise, and You know what's it's cool about that car?
3: That wing that they built the front the wing wing in the that's, The front wing is the most brilliant. amazing thing. Yeah.
2: There's some other people who are going to start so, copying that real so, soon. So
3: that's cool because it's functional and cool. Right? The, the it's rule not, ha- but
2: No, no, no. It's that the wing is functional and cool, but the sound is not functional. Right, that's saying, the, should,
3: rule, the rule should be it has to be both functional and cool. Right. So it if it just did be, something. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
2: So, that's, that's my gripe. So, let's move on to the so, next so one. So, you
3: know, the, the, vehicle, the video we just put out, by the way, go to Alt-TFL if you want to see all of our videos. Uh, I reviewed to get this. The Mercedes-Benz AMG EQE SUV. <laughs> F me. Seriously. <laughs> I know. Come on, Mercedes. Really? I think the Germans AMG are doing that on purpose. EQE SUV. <laughs>
2: Let's just add as many letters as possible. <laughs> see what just, these Americans are do. Are they just screwing with us at this? Point? <laughs> I think they're screwing with us. I really I think they they have a laugh. You know, that one of them lights up a cigarette and like, wait until they try to pronounce this one." Aha. There we the, go. How
3: many three-letter combinations can we come up with? Just make?
2: just keep on going. And how much room do you have on your trunk to actually have all that spelled out? It's ridiculous. You know, what's was the
3: funniest part on there. So, it, go to uh, go to uh, um all TFL and You'll see the review of this. And they they did this thing where they had both the non AMG version, I'm not even gonna say it, and the AMG version. Mm-hmm. So we all look at the non AMG and then we go over and behind a the wall, they, they have the AMG version of the EQE, right? right. Which is like their mid size electric sedan. And uh, to distinguish it from the regular plain Jane Mercedes Benz version, it doesn't have the star on the on the hood, right? The mm-hmm. little uh, uh, badge, it's got the AMG badge. You know what you know what's on the AMG badge? Guess what's on the MG badge? A star? A piston. A piston? (laughs) We all look at each other. Whoa.
2: (laughs) On a car that doesn't have pistons.
3: (laughs) we're all at each other. And then we look at the engineers, who are really cool, by the way. And we're like, "Uh, are you guys going to keep this piston? (laughs) And they're like, ah, it's part of our brand. I'm like, yes, but it's not part of the car.
2: <laughs> yeah, but this is German humor, okay?
3: I think So I think you're right. I think they're now, at
2: this point, they have officially started to screw with us. I, 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 think, I really do think they're having a laugh, which is totally fine. Which but is it's, fine. Man. I'm enjoying it. Keep but going. I'll tell you what's not fine, and that is... Taking- yeah, number three on our list. For all you Brits, it's like taking the piss, or, or how do they say it? Oh, oh, are you taking a piss?
3: No, no, it's not, are you taking a piss? Taking the Mickey, in the Mickey. It's like that, but it's taking like Taking the piss. Mickey get, out of Yeah, it's like
2: that, I think. If you're British, please correct us. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> this is something that actually comes from our friends at Hyundai, and some other people, I think, are looking at this too, and that is triggering the brakes if your door is open and you're in gear. <laughs> Yes. I okay. Love that. Now, yeah, that came from like Jeep, right, where that
3: Star Trek dude got run over. Well, by. that
2: was that was that was part of it. Yeah. And there's a seatbelt part as well. There's a component with the seatbelt. So, so in other words, so the
3: actor who played Checkoff, right? Right. In the movies. In the movies, got out of his car. It was a Jeep. Jeep, and uh, it was in reverse, and the car was on. He didn't know it, and it crushed
2: him. Yes, it did. And, and, so, would,
3: and so now, what happens is, if you're in reverse and you open the door, the car goes into full autonomous braking, which is quite startling. <laughs> yeah. When you experience it, like when you're like. Hey, hey, I've got these really beautiful rims, and I don't want to curb them, so I'm going to open the door to see how far I'm away from the curb, and as you're backing up, it just goes,
2: boom! Oh, well, it actually gets worse, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, The other part of that is some cars will not go into gear if if your seatbelt's not on. Yes. Okay, so you're still in park, you don't put your seatbelt on, you try to drive, and, you know, it's no dice. Now, I'll tell you where that becomes a problem, and that is if you're at a gas pump and you got out of your car, oh, I have to back up a little bit, and you have to jump in, close the door, make sure the seatbelt's on to go back one foot. Or if you're parking and you have to readjust with parking, or if you're going off road and you need to look out the vehicle for some reason, jump in and out, like you often have to yes. do. Look, I'm not saying drive without a seatbelt or you know don't close your door, but I am saying there are times where those are needed. So I would prefer if the car decides after five miles per hour, hey, the door is open or the seatbelt is not, now I'm going to hit the brakes. But sh-
3: sh- shouldn't there be like some mandatory like a course, I think, where you have to get some kind of a license and you have to know like basically basics about the vehicle before you can actually... Oh, you mean actually
2: it, getting your driver's isn't, license? Isn't there
3: something like that, that, yeah, that, 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 that we're supposed it, to go through? But that doesn't
2: prevent people from cutting you off in traffic and slamming on their brakes. But
3: isn't there like isn't yeah, there, like, there, like there a is. level of knowledge that we're all supposed to have? It is where, a strange where, thing. Where and we're given the privilege to drive?
2: Yeah. So what they're doing is that they're adding in yet another layer in terms of what they're allowing you to do with their cars, well, so you know, you know where
3: this is going. It's going all toward autonomous. Here, here's here's the thing. man. Somewhat autonomous, <laughs> guys. It, guys, I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be level with you now. Oh, okay? be level. Okay. I'm strap level. in, guys. Here we uh, go. Uh, uh, strap in, okay, for all of you, EV haters out there, right? Who mm-hmm. think that uh, they're gonna take my truck from my cold head hands, right? You guys are barking up the wrong tree. You really are. And I, I promise you, it's not about electrification. It's about autonomy. And that's where, That's where you're. You know, if you love trucks and if you love driving, you know, electric cars aren't better. They're worse. They're not worse. They're just different. Yeah. What's terrifying is what you're exactly talking about, which is autonomy and what's coming. Right. It's 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 actually taking the driver, the fun part that we love to do, the part that gives us the freedom, the part that gives us the control, taking that away from the driver, legislating it away from the driver, and making it so that we can no longer. Drive
2: cars it, and trucks. Yes, and then I'll add to that. It's, that's, that's this isn't just is. big government doing this, folks, by the way. I know a lot of you are like, oh, it's the government. No, it's the automakers. Yes. Why? Because it keeps them out of court yes. when stupid things happen. Because there's that one guy who lives, God knows where, but for some reason he decided to open the door to his car slam it into reverse, and then jump out deliberately at some point in time and then soothe the pants off the company.
3: So so all these things we're talking about, right, you'll see in electric cars, but they're also on brand-new internal They, they commu- are
2: on internal combustion, combustion. engine cars. and so, um,
3: so if you love driving and if you love – stop it with hating the EVs. Start worrying about this because this is what's going to really take it away from us.
2: And the- Full autonomy is something I don't think we'll ever do, in my lifetime at least, uh, but we'll have partial partial autonomy for sure. And that means stuff like this, where they're taking away your ability to drive a car because you're doing something that might be stupid, but also might be logical. Uh, The car can't decide whether or not you're doing something because you have to quickly jump out and jump back into the car and quickly move it three inches but and you you're know,
3: stuck. You know what's super ironic about this? Huh. Like Tesla charges, what is it now, 14000 I think, for their uh, full self-driving. Yeah. B- basically for the ability for you not to be able to do the thing that we all love to do. And that that's, that, that is, a, you know, you, you can say what you want about Mr. Musk there, but that is quite the accomplishment to take what is great about, you know, automobiles and trucks and charge to take that away from you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's... There's one more in every minute. Um, The other thing about that, by the way, and I want to move on to the next one because we've been here for a while, is that a lot of you guys out there are um, sometimes, you know, you have a baby in the back seat, something happens. Now, the car won't slam on the brakes if you take your seatbelt off while it's in motion. That won't happen. I already tested it. However, it'll scream at you when it does. And... There's something about that where... cars have become so
3: naggy. Oh, yeah, gosh, they really so have. Naggy. And that, that's part oh of this whole God. thing that we
2: talked about, the back seat reminder and all that. It's just, it's such a pain. And I'm going to tell you well, on the next one, on number two, what the biggest pain is for me. Well, my sp- biggest sp- issue. Speed
3: limit signs, naggy, mm. autonomous, like, you know, when you're driving along and you take your, like, eyes off the road because you want to, like, like change the station on, on, on an incredibly... Difficult to do <laughs> operating system, right? Uh, Nagging. You, your and eyes, and <laughs> please. Co- grab the Consider taking wheel. a coffee break. You, yeah. you know, this is just this is this is just like, hey, let me be me. Let me just drive. I've been doing this, and many of you have been doing this. For you know, we're, we're you know, here's the thing which people don't understand. Here's something else that's interesting, right? Computers suck at driving, Nathan. Computers yes. are... Humans are really good at driving. Potentially. And, no, we are. We are. Actually, as, as as animals, we are really good at driving. So I'll give you an example of this. I think we were talking about this before, right? You're driving along and there's a bunch of pigeons along on the side of the road, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is why autonomy has taken so long, because computers are really bad at it. So a computer... Does not know what those pigeons are, right? You and me know that when you see those pigeons, if you drive by them, they'll most likely like fly harmlessly out of the way, right? Especially
2: if you charge at them at full speed. Whatever, yeah. yeah.
3: They're, they're, they're not a threat. They're not a danger. This is what happens in urban situations. Where they go flying off. A computer flags those little uh, uh, pigeons as potentially dangerous and hittable objects and it will sometimes completely like go into autonomous braking because of a pigeon Mm -hmm. and it doesn't
2: know the difference between a pigeon and a person now bear in mind this is an example there are other examples out there that so humans are really good we're really
3: good at it and yet we're giving control to things that are really bad at it
2: yeah by comparison i would say in in many cases that's true i did have a vehicle that nearly put me into a car accident when i was making a u-turn it was a honda and as i was making my u-turn a legal u-turn it Triggered the brakes halfway through because as I was turning, other cars were right in front of me, and it detected those, how, and it slammed on the how brakes. Many t-
3: how many times have you had that autonomous braking warning come on for no reason? Like, there's a car that's on, in the left lane that's, like, braking to make a left turn, and your car says, oh, my God, you're about to hit him. And you're
2: yeah. like, no, it's in the left lane. I will say this before we move on to number two, and that is that um, lane departure systems have gotten a lot better, and they work really well. In conjunction with cruise control and distance control, and if you put all those three together, you're at level two autonomy on the highway. And I love that. I love those systems. That is as far as I want to go with until, autonomy until
3: you get phantom braking.
2: Yes, and weird stuff like that. But under the all right, no, number yeah. number two, number two is very simple, and it's one of the my it's my number one, and that is the park button. <laughs> <laughs> we went through years and years and years of people building excellent automatic transmissions where you are shifting through a gate. And when you put it into park, you physically put the whole thing in park, and you know you're in park. Now they have a button, which may not even be located on the gear lever, if there's even a gear lever, (laughs) and you have to hit it in order to be in park. Now I know a lot of you are like, well, you know what, if you shut the car off, it'll put itself in park automatically. That is true. But some of these cars actually go into crawl home mode if you do that, or they'll warn you that you need a service because you did something wrong to the car, and you can actually void the warranty if they detect that for too many times you shut the car off without putting it in a park. I kid you not. Look it up. So the park button, completely unnecessary. Let's just put the thing into park, right? Right. So it's just, it really irritates me. Yes, I know electric vehicles and push-button vehicles or whatever they may be, that's a different story. I'm talking about something that has a gear lever and then a separate park button. It makes no sense to me.
3: Or, or, you know, Tesla's gotten this right, right? Why do you have to park button and an off button in an electric vehicle? Why not just have an off button? Just, just turn shut it off. it off
2: when you're done, yeah, just turn and it off. it'll lock itself up and do whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There why, are other cars that will do that, but not all of them well, do. Why
3: do you have to have both? Why do you have to power
2: it down and put it in park? Why well, not just... Because that's how their, their systems work. And... It happens more often in hybrids uh, than anything else I think, that I've seen. I think
3: Tesla's the smartest one. You put it in park, you close the door, it's off. You don't have to hit the separate power button. You just park it, walk out, You realize that, that
2: he's going to find a way to charge you for putting it into park and shut yes, it he off. Yes, uh, yes, this is yeah, true. Yeah, yes. this is, yeah, sorry, didn't want to oh, – don't yeah. want to give me ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. All right, all right what's number right. one? Number one. All right, let's hear number one. And this is – actually, you should say this one. Okay. Lack of paper manuals <laughs> yes, in we cars. Have recent, we did
3: have a, a recent uh, incident with the Hummer where I couldn't get at the owner's manual and I couldn't figure out. This is another one, by the way. Like, like, so let's start with the other ones before we get to this one. Yes. I, I think most people out there, most viewers, readers, listeners would agree uh, that paper manuals are a good thing. They are nice. a good thing. You feel like it's and it's you know. And the they car- have
2: abbreviated versions of them now that only take up a few trees as opposed to fifty trees. Oh, i thought about the trees. Yes, it yeah. is, but that's what these people are yelling How many about. People
3: out there is, you know. i telling you, that's copying why. Copying their butts and you know. I'm over. telling you that's why they don't do God. it.
2: But keep going. That,
3: that, I think that's the rationale they give.
2: That's exactly it. To that's save the, money. I'm not saying it's right. Ex- I, I will go and kill the trees for the people, guys. I live in Colorado. There are plenty of dead ones here. We can turn them into paper, and you will have paper manuals from here so, on. So.
3: There's this whole reinvention of the vehicle that's, that's happening with electrification. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of it is good, and a lot of it is bad. And I'll give you an example of this, right? When we uh, got stuck, I got stuck in the Hummer, uh, they got rid of uh, basically the little lever that opens up the frunk. And now there's a little tiny, like, uh, cable. A pull a, cord. A pull cord that you have to not pull once, but twice. So mm-hmm. once, obviously, now they've got the BMW route. That could be an accident, even though... How you would pull that thing by accident is, is you know, beyond my comprehension. No it's, idea. It's, it's, like, it's like hidden so far in the driver's footwell that you've got to, like, You go have to dig lay in f- down in order to get to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you have to do it twice. Why not just have a lever there? Why, why, why GMC, why not just put a lever there? And oh. then, then take it the next step, which is Mercedes, which is in that car. Let's, let's bring it full circle. You can't open the hood
2: on that car. Mister, you're not supposed to. The Germans don't want you to do it.
3: it. Are they having,
2: you know, are they taking the, the Mickey out of us? as you Yes, saying, because why? there's a large filter there. They don't want you touching it with your contaminated American hands. <laughs> why not open up? No, but I'm being serious that they don't want you touching it. I know, but it, it's
3: like it's like even in the owner's manual, uh, uh, they don't call you the owner of the vehicle. They call you the customer, <laughs> and I, I, you know, and the one that's in the system, not the paper one, you know, the one that I'm, – I'm the owner. Why can't I go under – why are you reinventing it for forever? I mean, think about like those old cars where you had like you know the the, the like the um, straight eights, like a Packard, right? right? Mm. Cool straight eight, right? You, you yeah. would just open the side of the thing, and get at it. Why can't you get under the hood of that thing?
2: Because there's nothing under the hood worth touching. That's the German mentality. They have a large filter there, and some other components that there's no reason for you, right, an let me, average civilian, let me to give touch. Me, let me give I'm you not a, defending them. I'm telling you that's let why. Let me give you an
3: analogy. You buy a house, yes, and you know you have that room where where, where you have the utility room where you, the boiler and stuff like that. Yeah, there's nothing under there that you need to touch. You need to call a mechanic. Why don't you just lock that room up? You, you shouldn't
2: because that's where you put the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs>
3: But I mean, you see, it's the same thing, right? I, I'm not arguing. You, you, have, to, you have to call you, yeah. the, the, you know, the, the, the plumber or uh, the water heater specialist to go, and then he has a key to that room, and he can only go. Because yeah. that's what you're telling me. You're like, I'm too stupid to be able to see what's under my hood.
2: But, the, And then the Germans will go, but why? You know, the room. Well, I mean, I'll, t- I'll, do I'll, you I'll give you why, because
3: when, when Tommy figured out how to open it, uh-huh. which we did on video, by the way, all TFL.com, uh, we opened up, there was that giant filter. It was full of leaves. Why
2: can't I clean out the leaves out of my HEPA filter? I'm serious. It was full of leaves. I I believe you. So at the end of the day, I'm sure that the Germans have another reason why you don't go under there because maybe they don't want someone taking the filter out and then suddenly using it to put a briefcase in. I don't know. I'm trying I'm not trying to rational What if I, I want to do that. that? It's my car. If I want to put a brief
3: if I want to put a because if I want to put a it. Christmas ham instead of that HEPA filter because in there. Because I sh- I should you- have the
2: ability to do that. They're going to assume that you are caveman and that you are not <laughs> able to make the car run any better by opening the hood and touching something that has nothing to do with the once, car. once again, the
3: car is smarter than me. Yes. Yes.
2: And but so going back to it the, man- the me. owner's own manual, it. going back to the owner's manual. One of the biggest issues is that both electric and, in some cases, hybrid vehicles, which are starting to really hit. Think about how many are out there. If you have a power down where you cannot actually put power to the interior of the vehicle and look at the screen on the vehicle, you will not be able to access any information about the car unless you go online, which doesn't help when you're in the middle of nowhere. You were lucky because you were able to contact Tommy.
3: Look, there should be like an airplane. These are things that should be redundant. So in the Hummer, The first thing the tow tow truck driver did was he said there should be a tow mode. And so he went and looked, tried to find a tow mode. And Mm -hmm. he found a tow mode, but the tow mode was when you're towing something, not when you're being towed. Right. So some cars have a tow mode where you could actually either electronically, which is crap, but physically, which is better. Take it out of park so you could actually It's like tow it. a key or
2: something like in a special spot or, a or, or like, a, like an electronic thing in the, yeah. the, where it just puts it in neutral. Yeah,
3: uh, Hummer does not have that. There's no manual way to put it into uh, tow mode, and there's no electronic way to put it into tow mode. So, when the operating system, right, the, the screen takes a big dump and then goes into park, as far as I know, there's no way to get it out of park without rebooting the, 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 the system.
2: That's even if you can reboot it, and the whole yeah. point if you is you can't reboot it. it. If you had a paper manual in hand of some sort that gave you the top 10 things to look for, then you would see on there, oh, by the way, if you absolutely must open the hood, this is what you do. And it's a really simple technique, not an easy one because you have to lay down and grab the damn thing. But the point I'm getting at and the point of this list, of course, is that it is absolutely unnecessary. I see no logical reason not to have some sort of physical description of things in the vehicle that you can hold in your hand. And I don't make it orange, bright orange, so you can use it as a warning thing on the road. Add it to, um, you know, something that actually gives it more than one function. If you feel that you can't have it made out of paper, I, I
3: mean, where does it stop, right? So, uh, and then, uh, this this may seem far fetched, but maybe it isn't. So now you can't open the hood. Maybe next time you can't change your own tire or wheel. Why? You know, you don't know how to do it. It's it's a it's a very expensive, complicated procedure
2: to change a tire or a wheel. If I own that Mercedes, which costs one hundred fifty thousand dollars, I'm telling you, I'm not changing a tire. I'm just I'm saying. Where does it stop, do it. right? No, I, I'm not disagreeing with you either. I, I want access to a full vehicle. I want to be able to so, work on my vehicle. I want mean, to be able. to Once drive upon my a time, vehicle. they put tools in
3: cars, and people actually did things like change spark plugs. Now, but even in car do company, you want to change a spark plug? Yeah, I like changing spark plugs. I think it's You're very satisfying. you full of it. You can't. Even, no, no, no. no I'm not full of it. No, seriously. You, I, you, okay, dude, I love changing spark. I'll tell you why I love changing spark plugs. Mm-hmm. Right, because to me, it's easy and it's, it's not like, easy. Well, it depends on the vehicle. Yes, it depends on the vehicle, <laughs> right? But but if. The spark plug is old and shitty. Once mm. again, I'm using. Sorry, guys. that's
2: four times this this broadcast. If
3: the spark plug is old and bad, mm. then it's very satisfying because it's an easy fix. You can go, you can get them. They're cheap. They're easy. If some, okay, own, some some vehicles they're they're hard to change. You have
2: to gap them specifically in a certain way with certain types of vehicles. That was like 1920. No, not, no, 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 no yes, not yeah. modern vehicles. You don't uh, have to, actually. You, you, do you have just have buy to make the sure. spark.
3: You just buy the spark. You don't have to have the little gap meter. You buy the spark plug that is. Uh, intended for that vehicle. You don't have to gap it.
2: No, sometimes you do. And often, if you're changing your own spark plug, it usually is because you're doing it with an older vehicle. Older vehicles, I can tell you, my wife's Mini... I would love to watch you trying to change the spark he plugs. It's only it four. Impossible. Only yeah. four of them. Okay, right, and uh, you have to take look, apart half the damn look, engine look. to
3: get there. Like changing the oil is a pain in the butt. It's messy. Yes. It, it's it's complicated. You don't. Then you got to take the oil somewhere, right? Because you can't just dump it. So
2: it's a, it's a whole to do. But a changing the spark plug is, if it's a relatively straightforward vehicle, it's pretty satisfying. It can be from time to time. Motorcycles seem to be the easiest. But uh, I will. The other s- thing
3: I've screwed up is changing that because sometimes, like you know, we buy these old vehicles uh, and the, like. Uh, What'll happen oftentimes is the cables will go bad, and then mm-hmm. they start to they start to uh, arc. Yep. Um and um, I've learned this. <laughs> Changing those is very satisfying if you get them in the right. <laughs> If you put them in the right place and it's do a, the right it's thing, that you, can, it's just, you just
2: can't pull them off. Do you remember all. the red blazer from uh, No Payment Needed? Yes. The one that I bought. Yes. Uh, I had to change the both cables actually, and I screwed up royally. Exactly. I, you I, gotta I told, mark yeah, those things. Yeah, I, I, I had to redo it. I actually had to buy another set of cables because I screwed up. So and bad.
3: another thing that's satisfying is changing the rotor in the in the distributor in the uh, what. what the distributor, yeah, the yeah, little rotor, who, who, uh, yeah, because those things go bad, and they're pretty easy to change out. That, pulling the whole thing out then is bad because you're messing yeah. with the timing. That's exact, and that's the problem is that you. I'm could just screw talking with about the, the little, ro- like rotor. Yeah, but even,
2: even replacing the rotor could mean that you have to make sure your timing's back on. So timing the vehicle is a pain. I wish
3: I could change a belt. That could be, That has to be very satisfying. It,
2: it once again it depends on the engine and yeah. how easy it is to get to the belt. Some belts are in the back of the engine, sort of. If yeah, you yeah, like sobs and yeah, stuff exactly. like that. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, they're backwards.
2: So yeah. anyway, uh, so we've rattled on for a while here, but I think. Think you guys will agree at least with a couple of these on our list and we want to hear from you and see what you think is an unnecessary okay, modern right. bit of technology
3: last question what's the most satisfying and easiest thing to change this this, this and we do this every time we buy a classic car or an old car because nobody ever does this in colorado we go through these so much but it's super satisfying and super easy and super fun you're
2: talking about the lights
3: no but that's good those are good mm-hmm. no, i'm talking about the windshield wipers you pull up and you like you can't see anything. Yeah, because they're usually all rotted out, all especially rotten. in Colorado. Right, right. And then you go and you just you know you buy two ones and you you pull them out, you put them back on. And usually, you can it's, see. it's it, really satisfying. I know, I
2: agree. It's pretty satisfying. Yeah. Although, the back windshield wiper in certain older vehicles. Some of them don't come off, or if they do, it's a completely different hey, little hey, knob. We, sh-
3: we should get an expert because, like, you go to the parts store. Mm-hmm. There are now like fifteen hundred different kinds of wipers, and I don't, I never know. Like, what you know? There's a squeegee kind. There's a double bladed kind. Uh, there's the. Uh, cheap kind, right? Yeah, some and, that are built for ice, some that are there, not. There's winter ones that have, like, little condoms over them, right? Mm-hmm. I, I never know which one to
2: buy. I'd buy the one with the condoms.
3: <laughs> you like the covered ones? Yeah, ones. <laughs> I, yeah.
2: I, I actually, I do, I'm one of those guys who goes online and I look... look like and some, look like a wrapped I'll, sausage? <laughs> yeah, I, they do look a little strange, but no, I will go online and I'll look and see what people, you know, suggest. And I'll go through a lot of comments, too, because I know that sometimes some of them are, you know, BS. But... Uh, yeah, that's that's it is pretty satisfying to replace the wipers. I think that the lights, the wipers, once you get the car. Physically back to new, yeah. it, it it's so, kind of a good feeling.
3: Like you can't do headlights anymore because they're all sealed, right? The old ones, the old so you, you could replace the whole headlight. Yeah, like our, our Porsche nine four four, that's also satisfying. Where we went through a period where we had standardized lights and they were all sealed beam, and you just pop the light out, put a new one in. Yeah. Uh, but then we went into the bulbs, and now of course the the, the laser lights and the modern the LEDs and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh,
2: yeah I so I, when I had my Montero, I replaced the the headlights, and, and it looked fantastic when I did that.
3: And apparently cost. $6,000 to replace the taillights on the Hummer, so.
2: I hear three, I hear seven, so, yeah, there's lots of different, but, you know, it's also a high-tech component. It's not as just simple, you know, a taillight. People write this stuff off like, oh, my God, that is really, well, dude, that's $110,000 for, for a base model Hummer right now. it's still, six K for a taillight. Yeah. Yeah. Deal no. with it. You, okay, so maybe one day you don't go uh, to, well, the, to the back de- to the manor and have quail eggs. Maybe you hold the, out. <laughs> the way you deal with it is your insurance premiums probably go through the roof. Well, yeah, most yeah. likely. So, you know, you, you pay your deductible. But uh, at the end of the day, um, going back to this whole list and everything else, modern tech in many cases does not make things better. It makes things worse in some cases. Yeah, they,
3: like K-I-S-S. Keep it it simple, simple, stupid. Stupid. Yeah, and so, you know, what what keeps me from losing my mind is that you can still buy old cars, right? And you can still buy classic cars that are all this. And so if you're really unhappy with it, you know, jump in a classic car, an old car and, and clear your head. Jump. Like, we, we were, I was just at the Honda uh, CRV, v uh-huh. and they had that first generation. Do you remember that first gen of CRV? Loved, it came out in 1997. I liked, the, I liked
2: the second one, but the first one was really good. The second one is a little bit more upright, but basically the same thing. So, so before we wrap this up, I'll give you a fun fact, okay? okay. So remember it had
3: that little, like, table in the back? Yeah, that? The,
2: yeah, the card table that you could pull out and yeah, set up and yeah. have a like,
3: picnic. Yeah, and then it also had something that was really unique. So nowadays... Um, The space in between the passenger and driver's seat is usually reserved for a big, like, uh, I don't know. Something that holds things. Yeah, like a big box of some kind. Yeah, an armrest that holds things. Well, that one had like a little… A uh, flippy table. A little flippy table cup holder that would flip down and then flip up. Do you know why that little flippy thing would flip down? They told me. I was fascinated by it.
2: Access to the back to get to your baby.
3: Exactly. So in Japan, apparently, it's very common to go through the car instead of around the car, you know, because we're all like, well, if you want to get to the back, why don't you just you know, <laughs> get out the one door and get into the other? But in Japan, what people would do is they would walk through that little, and that's why And there why was room it.
2: to get through it, too. There was, yes. yeah, they had it on the second generation as well. The second generation uh, was improved from the first one, which was kind of bulbous. Can uh, you imagine me and you trying to get <laughs> But you know that they, the first two or three generations, I believe two, they had a manual transmission version of it. So you could have all-wheel drive, manual transmission. These things were like little rally cars; Dude, they weren't if, fast. If
3: me and you were in that car, and we tried to get in the back seat. You know, oh, it would it'd be it, hilarious. It would look like two polar bears going at it. Yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> it would be really awful.
2: And I, something tells me in the future we'll probably get our hands on one of those two uh, vehicles. But, but, um, but stay tuned for that. I was in that car. It's so simple, right? It's yes. just a little Put it in drive. <laughs> easy peasy. And that was the point back then: is making a vehicle that was easy to drive, making it like an appliance. And that's what they're trying to do with modern electric and modern vehicles in general. But by doing this, because people are so addicted to their smartphones, you must make these vehicles more complicated. And I think that that is the biggest problem, and it's def- I think it's get- making things worse. Well, I'm
3: going to go enjoy some Chromeo uh, in the Mercedes, I'll Nathan. listen to The weekend. <laughs> you listened to The weekend. It wasn't bad. It was The weekend. You were right on that. All right. Yeah. Uh, and, guys, let us know in the comments below uh, why you
2: think we're cranky old men. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys, for joining us. We hope you have a great week. Take care. See you. Ciao.